Looking for a local spot to make swag for your brand, podcast, or anything in between? Eastside Pin Co. has experience making enamel pins, badges, keychains, medals, and patches. Have an idea of what you want? Chris can help bring your idea to life. You can find them online at eastsidepinco.com. That's E-A-S-T-S-I-D-E-P-I-N-C-O.com. And you can send all inquiries to chris at eastsidepinco.com. Mention this ad to take 10% off your order. Eastside Pinco. Hit them up. Hey, welcome back to Toons Tunes Podcast. I'm your host, Harold. As always, you can follow us on social media. That's Toons Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Got uh, three of my homies back in the stew. What's going on, fellas? You all three have been on before. Glad to have you back on. Uh, we'll just go around the horn. Just tell people who you are. All right. Daniel Bokemper, associate editor with the uh, Cinematropolis and contributor to World Literature Today. And Tunes Tunes uh, alumni, I think yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, All three of you are, for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex Sanchez, local stand-up comic and actor, uh, co-host of The Praise Down, uh, host of Public Access on Sunday nights. And uh, Casey McElroy, um, I don't write for The Cinematropolis or am a stand-up <laughs> comedian. Um, those both sound pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm just sort of a... Uh, Feature player in the <laughs> in the tunes tunes repertoire, but it, it is good to be here. Again. You're a local gad about. I uh, yes yes, that's all you need to know about Casey. <laughs> the man about town. Yes, man's man, man about town. <laughs> I'm fucking desperate to be known as a local gad about. That'd be I'm amazing. So jealous. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, well, I think I've talked to all three of you separately about wrestling, mm. and so it's going to be. I don't know. To me, it just makes me laugh. The thought of people getting onto their podcast app and seeing this episode and being like, how the fuck did they end up talking about wrestling <laughs> on this show? <laughs> it's my fault. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's just funny because it's like I've had so many people on that are huge fans, and you are definitely one that you've been like, oh, you could do this wrestling episode. You could do that wrestling episode. You could do <laughs> And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> like, I, I need to work trick you into doing a wrestling episode. <laughs> Come on. Uh, I think the reason that you're having a wrestling episode on your anime podcast is because wrestling is anime. Oh, Word. True. <laughs> this is yeah. Damn. Yeah. I didn't even think about that, but you're right. Man, I didn't say on. that earlier. I was like, what a trope or something. Yeah, when it's we're just like big muscular hunks yelling at each other, and then eventually they fight each other, and then they yell more. It's pretty good. That is true. I didn't think about. They've that. all got big characters, shoulder pads, stuff like that. A larger than life persona. They change mm-hmm. forms sometimes. Oh, they yeah. change yeah. forms for sure. Classic Undertaker to. Ministry of Darkness. I was just talking about that when he biker like, the taker biker <laughs> shit. Like what the fuck? People, Came out to Roland. People um, die and get resurrected. They have special <laughs> moves. They have power levels. They have finishing moves. True. Shit. Lakes of incarnation. So wrestling is anime. Excuse me. We learned something today, fellas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but I mean that's like the perfect uh, segue, really, to talk about you know our intro into wrestling. And so I just think about. A lot of the things I was watching around that time, real action, over-the-top production type things like that, like anime. And I think that's why wrestling kind of f- like slid into that pocket perfectly because it was just like this just mixture of like there's enough of a storyline and then there's like these compelling characters, all these different things. You can kind of like latch on to someone like, oh, that guy's kind of funny or whatever. So that was my intro. I was like, I feel like I got into it like right when everybody else did, like the WWF days, like... 1998 to 2003, maybe is like my yeah. That's like my yeah. that's, that's a prime. yeah. That's like exactly like the limit of my knowledge. Uh huh. And so that's me. But I was interested to hear about you guys' intro. Like, how did it kind of come about? Was it similar to that? But then you kind of stuck with it longer or shorter or what was it? Uh, for me, I was I knew about the oh the sort of the the giants of 80s WWF wrestling, your Hulk Hogan's, your Macho Man's, your Ultimate Warriors. And then I got into it in the late 90s, like I think a lot of people did. Um, Although I was not a WWF kid, I was a hardcore ride or die, and still am, uh, WCW 
A wrestling boy. Yeah. Was I, that like Sting in those guys? Yeah, Sting. Okay. And it was also the WWF guys from the 80s. Some of them were. So by the late 90s, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man. Um, Rest a, in peace. Yeah, yes. Uh, a lot of guys were there. So I recognized them. But there were also guys from Oklahoma's relatively the South from seeing guys from Southern wrestling like your Stings and your Ric Flairs. And so it just... It felt more like they were speaking my language rather than the WWF. And so I was a huge WCW person, like Goldberg and Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Goldberg and the Sting. spear and all that shit. Yeah, that, yeah those were used my to guys. Kill me, like wait for him to spear some. Those were my guys, even though a lot of hardcore wrestling fans nowadays kind of roll their eyes and giggle when they think about Goldberg, but when you're what, twelve, he was just Demolishing people, and I just yeah, oh was my awesome. god, this like is like utter cool spectacle awesome. too. Like the Hulk. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he played like Santa Claus in a movie, didn't he? Uh, yes, he played like a killer Santa, Santa Claus, Claus, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. what Santa S L A Y? Yeah, he's the host of Knife or Death on the History. You guys know about for real? What? Okay, like a show about knives. Oh, I'm so excited that I get to explain Knife or Death to you guys. Wait, it's Knife or Death. Knife or Death. So the show is. Are you guys familiar with the TV show Forged in Fire? No. Okay, it's like chopped <laughs> or cutthroat kitchens, except oh, yeah. instead of making food, they're making swords. So okay. there's anvils, and they're having to hammer out knives and swords on this TV show competitively. And it got so popular that there's an offshoot of the show called Forged in Fire, colon, Knife or Death, where they cut out the sword-making part, and it's just people taking big knives and chopping into stuff. <laughs> Just get right to the sizzle. It whips sack. It's hosted by Goldberg, <laughs> and it absolutely knocks. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. I haven't even heard of that. Oh, shit. So shout out to Knife or Death. Wow, that's awesome. But uh, yeah, I did. Goldberg was my guy, and then it was as a kid I was really into comic books, and so the whole morality play right. of wrestling of that plays right into your yeah this, fandom. This really good guy is going to fight this really bad guy and you have you know you have the nwo the the legion oh, of yeah. doom right, right, right. you know to for that for that for wrestling and then you've got everybody else your your stings and your diamond dallas pages and your uh lex lugers depending on the week um as as people trying to do right and eventually the the bad guy is you know vanquished and you get that big payoff and so it's just really it's a dopamine sort of a, hit yeah it's just sort of a morality play of good versus evil and so that was that was my uh that was my introduction right on dude uh what about you daniel dude i remember it like very clearly when wrestling was introduced to my life i i remember like i woke up on my uh sixth birthday and i had like these two like Barney the dinosaur posters, like these massive like film size posters. And like I woke up and my my dad had replaced them with one was a Michael Jordan poster and then the other was a Stone Cold Steve Your Austin poster. Yeah. Up. And wow. I was like, this is this is what you like now. Right in the middle of the night. It's Jesus. like here you Shit. go. But like I took to it. I mean it's time for the boy to I guess I'll like this man. Yeah. Let him watch. <laughs> <Yeah>. This is <laughs> You could feel it down in his plums. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it was a abrupt shift right from Barney to, to Stone Cold, and uh, it, it just hit. And I was like, right, like from Barney to Stone Cold. I know. Thanks for naming the episode. I appreciate mm -hmm. it. <laughs> and uh, it went from uh, it was like 1998 to 2001. I think yeah. is when I was watching it the most. Um, but I do remember, uh, you know, I think I started on WWF, and I remember like going to a either an episode of Monday Night Raw or a house show. I can't remember which one. I remember. Shawn Michaels showed his ass to the crowd, but that could have been any. Hell yeah. That could have been, <laughs> could have been any house show yeah. between 95 so, and, two, and yeah, 2008. Yeah, like 99. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But um, I did watch uh, WCW as well. And I think to Casey's point, what I liked about WCW was the characters felt so let, like a little more illustrated. Like I feel mm -hmm. like WWF was always kind of trying to follow behind them. Eventually they, they did catch up and yeah. supersede them with like Stone Cold. But you have, you know, the arcs. It was like the first time I got to see a character that was like, are they a hero? Is Stone Cold Steve Austin the good guy? Well, clearly, like, 
Vince McMahon is the the apex piece of shit, and to see him like, you know, work against that, but not in a way that seems very, you know, it was very contrary to Hulk not Hogan. traditional. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then, but with like WCW, you have very explicit arcs. So mm-hmm. you know, to to Casey's point, you have like the Legion of Doom and Hulk Hogan and friends battling them, and then you get like the swerve after after that runs its course. You have like you know the NWO and. Suddenly Hulk Hogan's the bad guy, I guess, but also in the same way you like Steve Austin, he's, you know, the the, the cool, dude you gravitate towards. So the it's coolest like the, bad guy. The coolest. Yeah. Yeah, and he fucking spray paints people and shit like that. It's <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cool. about that. Yeah. So I don't know. It was it was kind of abrupt and I feel like I may have been like just like thrown into the fire of of wrestling, but that's I how it took should be. Pretty well. Yeah. That's how it yeah be. It Sink or out. swim. Right. What about you, Alex? Uh, I was actually not into wrestling as a kid. Uh, it wasn't around. We didn't really have it. Uh, so I was introduced to wrestling in like 2015. What? That's awesome. Yeah, by Brad Chad Porter. I was Holy over at his shit. house and SummerSlam was on. And uh, I really liked The New Day and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And uh, I was like, oh, this, this seems good. And so I watched that for a while. And then I found out about good wrestling and it's uh, <laughs> it's been you know of course the new day and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn they're all geniuses but they're not they're all on the WWE also and it's tough it's tough for them to do good work in that environment uh so yeah now I like New Japan I'm uh, not as into it lately I got busy um but it's uh, still something I have a lot of affection for. Right on, man. That's cool. That's why I wanted to ask because it's like so interesting to me. Like the thing that I love to hear about the most is how we all find like the same thing because it's always like so vastly different. Mm-hmm. And so I love hearing that shit. So that cracks me up. I had no idea. It was like yeah, it's like two years ago, like yeah. three years ago. Yeah. That's and awesome. It, it's weird. That's kind of a phenomenon. Uh, not to derail this, but like I, I did stop watching wrestling in 2001, and then like randomly, my friend Alan was like, "Want to come out?" Like in college, was like, "You want to watch WrestleMania 28?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure, okay." And <laughs> like, I, I, I stopped I get, for about eight, nine years. Yeah, too. and I wonder, yeah. and people go through that shift, but I feel like lately it's kind of maybe I don't know. We're on the the on phase a little bit. There's a yeah. lot of good wrestling, so yeah. it's hard to avoid. Was there right anything on, specifically dude. that brought you back? Well. I don't think because it wasn't like a great match, but like I knew vaguely who John Cena was at the time. Like I knew of him, and then The Rock, of course. And so yeah. I think having like The Rock be kind of a, you know, a, an act- actually wrestling for the mm-hmm. first time in, in however long, like since like 2003 or something. And so that was yeah. like a reason enough to like gravitate towards it. And then similar to Alex, like you see the WWE and where it's at. Uh, on the supposedly biggest stage, and then it's like, oh wait, there's like way better wrestling because like mm-hmm. suddenly New Japan around like 2013 or so starts to get really, really, really good. Yeah, and it, so it's easy to attract, get to those, and then like even you know maybe not so much right now, but like Ring of Honor and mm-hmm. all of the other uh, alternate progress, a lot of the alternate promotions, yeah. it's it's kind of easy to grab because they have really good high caliber stuff. It might be less frequent than you know you don't have like a weekly show or two you know, five hours of wrestling to watch, but like it, it kind of shows on the WWE side of things. You see a lot of like mundanity, a lot of the repetition. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's kind of, I don't know. So a lot through, of time to fill. Yeah. <laughs> right. The through line of it, of the reason I wanted to talk about the show is especially like a lot of the, some of the things that were really iconic to me were like the walkout songs, like the talk about WrestleMania or like the the events. They always had like a feature song or something like that, and that always really resonated with me because it it was interesting because it was this thing that I liked. I loved wrestling. I loved watching it, but they would always use a song more times than not that I was like in a genre that I didn't really like. Mm-hmm. But every song that they used, I'd be like, "This is pretty good. Like I like this fits. I like this." tempo it looks good with like the video and like the way they cut it together and everything i was just like i always thought that was really interesting so like i was able to boil it down um you know in terms of like wanting to talk about how uh the music from specifically wrestling impacts us uh there was a few things that stuck out to me that i wanted to hear from you guys too but like it was shit like um so this was kind of like a thing it was like there was layers to this like me being a fan of this because it was 
Maylene and the Sons of Disaster. Um, but they did um, the interest theme for, it was like, there was this arc where Chris Jericho and the Big Show teamed up on like a tag team. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jericho. Yeah. yeah. And so they used, uh, it was Crank the Walls Down. It was like an alternate like intro, and it was done by this band, Maylene and the Sons of Disaster. And then they also used uh, their song Step Up, um, I'm On It, and it was the theme for uh, WWE Bragging Rights. They got talking about that. It was like 2002 or something like that. Yeah. But I was a big fan of this band because the lead singer in, in Maylene's and the Sons of Disaster was, uh, he was originally the lead singer of Under Oath. Whoa. And so I was like super into them, you know, grew up in the church. And I was just yeah. like, these guys are heavy as fuck. <laughs> and so it was just like a funny thing of like this, this two different areas of my life kind of bleeding over in this way that I wasn't expecting. So that was one. Um, the Vince McMahon's like the No Chance by Dope. Yeah. That yeah. song always stuck out to me. I don't know why. There's like, it's just funny because there's really no rhyme or reason or, or like why these things should stick out to me. But f- everything to the contrary is like, I'll just be like washing the dishes, being like, no chance in hell. Like I'm just like yeah. thinking about that song, and I'm like, what the fuck? I think part of it is, is the important thing, the most important thing of an entrance music of an entrance song for me is, does it fit? The right. character. Yeah. Is it appropriate? And I think the most iconic songs, the ones that stick with you, are the ones that did fit the character because mm-hmm. there's entrance songs that maybe aren't a, a genre that I necessarily like. Oh, but yeah. I love the song because it fits the character so well. There's a reason why No Chance fits the Vince McMahon character right. so well. that's like his whole That was vibe. his whole deal was yeah. just the oppressive boss who's going to put everything in front of you, mostly in front of the Stone Cold Steve Austin character and also the Stone Cold entrance music. There's oh, man, people that, that glass break? I yeah. yeah, reminiscent of... I was uh, <laughs> reading earlier an interview that uh, Sports Illustrated did with uh, Jim Johnston, WWE's yeah. uh, composer, and it was like how he was basically just listening to uh, Rage Against the Machine's Bulls on Parade over and over and over again. And then you listen to, like, Steve Austin's... I mean, it's it's basically his Bulls on Parade. But, I read that, too, yeah. You know, kind of adapted and... Uh, but it doesn't fit it better. I mean, of course, he is, I guess, almost literally raging against the machine that is Vince McMahon. Yeah. So Jesus. Yeah. Why wouldn't there be a more so appropriate I didn't want to go deep that deep here. Oh, my bad. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, didn't, I never thought of that, though. And, and I'm just like, holy shit. So well, to where people yeah. who did not, people who only had a passing sort of dalliance with wrestling who maybe saw it on their TV right. when they were flipping through the channels, didn't even really watch it, they know that music. They know... True. They know Steve Austin's music, they know The Undertaker's music, and they know The Rock's music because they were, A, they were probably the three most iconic guys of that era, but also those songs fit them so well to a character. I mean, if Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out to Tony Basil's Mickey, it's not going to work. It's just, I mean, imagine Stone Cold coming down going, oh, Mickey, you're so fine. I'm really, you know? really, really enjoying the sound. Now of that, I want to see that. Yeah. You, know? you take me by but, the hand when you take me by the hand. And he smashes but, two beers together. Yeah, yeah, But there's all. And, could I get a hell yeah. and that goes to a whole different subset of wrestling that we could probably do a whole other episode on, which is the ironic wrestling of your Orange Cassidy's and your big Joey Ryan. Orange Cassidy fan. I'm yeah. a big OC head. But and so you can do you could do things like that if you know re- there's so much room for all these different things in wrestling and irony is a big one. Um, don't tell Jim Cornette that, but it, it it is one of those things that you can do. But you know the the gong and the Undertaker theme song. Oh yeah, uh, iconic. I there's no irony there. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, it's I, so I read iconic. I read something recently that. One of the things Vince McMahon likes to do with his entrance music is, with his wrestler's entrance music, is have a little, like... The hit, right? Yeah, a hit yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. So, for The Rock, it's the If You Smell at the beginning, which makes the crowd just go nuts before the yep. song even really starts. It's like a stinger, almost. Yeah. Yeah, the glass smash. The, the gong, New Day. The, yeah, the, the New, New Day. Day announcement. Yeah. Uh, Seth Rollins originally had kind of a silence in the first maybe 10 seconds of his song and they stuck a chant in there to to give it a little more something for the crowd to do so it's sort of a all right here we go 
before the the song proper kicks that's in. That's true. I remember someone's was like, well... Yeah, that's the big, the big show. show. Oh, yeah. that's it. Okay. Yeah, I can remember who that was. It's a big show. And was it, there, it's just uh, something to make the crowd go nuts, and there's like maybe say, yeah. a second of air between that and the song proper starting, yeah. so you can hear the crowd. Everyone like, goes, oh! It, it kind of a... <laughs> and then the it music hits, and yeah. everyone goes, wow! It, it sort of primes the pump for the proper uh, it's song. perfect. I guess is that why they do have to lean on... I was just thinking about this. I guess that's why there is so much original music in yep. wrestling, is mm-hmm. because you have to kind of build it towards a... Specific. Right. I was wondering. Build that it into the cold. narrative. I'm like, why didn't they just get the like? Surely they could afford. Well, maybe right. not the, yeah. the license. That guy to, Johnston you, though was like a. He's yeah. like a yeah. genius. You had to specifically yeah. engineer the songs for a crowd. I know Disturbed did a, uh, a Stone Cold Steve Austin theme song that I don't think either party really liked because guys down with the sickness would work perfectly. Sorry, go on. <laughs> <laughs> for Sorry. multiple wrestlers, yeah. um, but you. They didn't like it because they had so many restrictions over the song right. structure has to be like this yeah. and like this. And they didn't like it because it was more of a normal song and you didn't get those. It wasn't like punchy. Yeah, you didn't get those. Um, they're also sort of simple um, as far as melody. They literally not a, just a lot of down with the sickness. It's got the buildup <laughs> like... As soon as you hear that, dun, 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 it's dun, a dun, missed the crowd opportunity. Would go, oh. yeah. A lot of wrestling uh, 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 intros, uh, uh, they, but they're not that busy. Hits. They're not that yeah. busy. Pyro it's like hits. you've got, <laughs> you're right. You've got like Stone Cold is just bump 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 yeah. bump. Or the Mankind theme song is just da 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 da. So they it's don't want to really. I feel like they don't want to clutter up the frequency. They spectrum. don't want to muddy it up. To where you can, you've got a melody, but you've also got a crowd on top of it, just yeah. kind of going overboard. Yeah. And yeah, and sometimes the crowd. That's why can, Samoa Joe's theme is so perfect. Yeah, it's like real low. No one's cheering at that frequency, <laughs> and it's like one synthesizer mm-hmm. with like an 808 boom bap behind it. There's like nothing <laughs> yeah. going on in that. And it's Perfect. Yeah, and I always wonder when does the crowd like kind of sabotage a song because I think of like when Shinsuke Nakamura debuted mm. WWE, who had like one of the coolest theme songs. It was by the CFOs, CFO, mm-hmm. basically the the group that CFO dollar, dollar sign. sign, CFO dollar sign. Who uh, I can never remember if it was a zero in there or something, but who uh, basically replaced. I guess they're the kind of the successors to yeah. to Jim Johnston. Um, but like his song, it works really well and it fits him. And when you go back and watch like the premiere of Shinsuke Nakamura in NXT, it's like one of the craziest, like the spectacle behind it and the aura it brings. But then later when he's actually wrestling proper and he goes onto the main roster and you see him every week and like the crowd is just like nonstop singing yeah, like the whole his fucking song, song. Yeah, yeah. I don't know Sick. if it works that well. And then like you know when they turn him, uh, turn him heel. Which but do we need to explain like what no. heel? Okay, I didn't think so, but okay. Uh, my bad. Well, That's enough. Way. It's common enough, and yeah, I figured it things. was at this point. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, yeah wasn't sure. Um, but either way, uh, when they turn him heel, and then they add like you know, kind of cool rap lyrics, and that like completely shuts down any crowd's attempt to sing along with it. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, or at- Fandango. Yeah, like, fa- Fandango's, Fandango's music, music is perfect. Fandango's music got popular, and people were wondering. Is Fandango popular or is his music popular? Yeah. The Bobby Roode problem. Right. The answer is yes. Because yeah. people did not really take to Fandango, but anytime they heard the music, people would Just go... Dancing. People would be dancing. There's video of people after events, like going into the subway to just go home, take the train home, and they're all going da-da, da-da-da-da. If it slaps, it slaps. I mean... Yeah. And it does slap. You can't I mean, deny yeah. it. <laughs> like, yeah, that's the thing. It's perfect. I, I always love the idea of, like, the featured song, too. So I didn't know if any of those stuck out to you guys. Like, the one that was always iconic to me was, and it's another case of, like, a band that in a genre that I wouldn't necessarily gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. So it was um, Always by Saliva. It was the 2002 Survivor Series. And it's like, I love you, I hate you. Is that Saliva oh, song. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was just like watching like the promos with the song. I'm like, dude, this is fucking spot on, dude. I think the most iconic one is My Way for WrestleMania X7. <laughs> Limp Bizkit. Yeah, the with, new metal era, baby. With rock and stone cold. Just yeah. <laughs> if you haven't ever seen it, listening audience, I would highly recommend getting on YouTube and watching that 
Because one thing that WWE slash F does brilliantly is their promo packages, yeah. their, yeah. their oh, build-up yeah. packages awesome. for pay-per-views. And that is one of their best ones with, I think a lot of people sort of roll their eyes or just sort of snort at Limp Biscuit nowadays. But that At the song, time they were hitting, dude. Yeah, that song with that video package in that, even also, actually even to this day, it still works beautifully. Yeah. Um, and then I also just like the old uh, WrestleMania theme song. Just uh, like the original. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> WrestleMania. Yeah, it's very Everybody's 90s. Right. Yeah, it's pop it up, pop it up. Yeah, it's it's very <laughs> 90s. But I also remember they used to do like rip-offs before they were getting people to do um specific like featured, songs. Like featured songs. Yeah, feature songs. They would do rip-offs. I remember No Way Out 2001, I think it is. They there's like this rip-off of uh Machine Head by Bush. And so they rip off sort of the the main riff that and just change some of the notes around. Wow. They're damn it. Dancing around that copyright. What's yeah. hilarious is when they actually license a song and then they like try to fucking change it anyway. So like the what was that stable that was like a, it was like a tangent of Degeneration X and it was uh, X Pac, Just Incredible. Oh, X Factor. And Albert. Yeah, and they had the like <laughs> You know, at first the the song hit like the the hit, I guess the chant like now you're dealing with the X factor, and then it starts playing a fucking like Uncle Cracker song. Oh my I god! I got everything I, I never me. wanted, and I'll never give that back. It's terrible. But what then the they fuck? put they put like X Pac saying like X factor, like love over. <laughs> like I love that shit so like much. Three songs stitched together because Hasty the... post production is my shit. It's called oh, a medley. Yeah. Well, they're trying to do that that stinger thing at the beginning. Right. So it starts off with, yo, you dealing with the X factor, which is trying to get reminiscent of the first yeah, degeneration like the, X theme yeah. song. Yeah. Like, hey, remember that? But then it goes into this weird, you don't know how you met me. Yeah. Don't know who I... Of people playing like their country, what I call redneck drag. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. And you've got X-Pac doing crotch chops in 2002, uh, the to face uncle hump, cracker, dude. the face hump. While Justin Credible is doing his thing. I'll never forget the Bronco Buster, dude. Iconic yep. finish. Tore yeah. his butthole on that. Jesus Christ. Literally, Respect. Yeah, literally tore his butthole on an indie show. Love tearing Fuck. your butthole in a sports injury. Yeah. I'm surprised China didn't do it first. The things you do for the business, <laughs> you love. <laughs> Christ, Jesus. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> There's just something about those. I don't know. Like it's like you were saying with the Limp Biscuit thing. It's like that song at that time with that video behind it was just like. It also cultural time caps, right? Yeah. Like Very you're just much. like, oh, okay, really this is the... what was going on at this time. Watch, watch a Monday Night Raw from 1998, and everybody has WWE wrestlers as South Park characters. You know, the Undertaker looks like Cartman. Yeah. Um, or Stone Cold oh, yeah, Steve yeah, yeah. Austin looks That's like right. Stan, and it's just it's such a it's such a time capsule of the late '90s. It's really really fun uh, to go back and look at it. Yeah, that's wild. Well, I, I kind of wondered about that too, with like getting into like more present day or like more contemporary type of stuff. Is there still that kind of resonance of like you, you know the stuff that's like around now with like. Music being as iconic as it was then, like, do you think in ten years people are gonna look back now and be like, "Oh man, like, this is perfectly like the 2015 WrestleMania. Like, this is like exactly where we were at that time." I don't think so, just because I don't think wrestling will ever be as hot as it was back in the late '90s. Wrestling was the mainstream pop culture, bro, and. You're now there's sort of no such thing as a mainstream pop culture. Right. No, I think Game of Thrones might be like the last IP to really kind of benefit yeah. from yeah. that. that but you won't of... see a, re a reflection of the modern culture in it unless you no. really... That well, that was the cool thing Real about niche all these people yeah. being... About it being entertainment, but also being a live sporting event, is you see people... And in, even in WCW, you see people in, you know, trucker caps. And, and it's kind of... It shows you sort of what the South looked like in the 90s. And it, you also see just what, main, as far as the WWF, you see mainstream culture in the 90s. And it's, it 
will never be right in the center of pop culture like it was. Yep. So wrestling up until 96 was a, was a niche thing. And after about 2002, 2003, it became a niche thing again. That's about whenever I stopped watching. So yeah. I feel like I feel like I was like one of those people that's just like the normal, like basic person that was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Yeah. And yep. then about the, about the same time everyone else started dropping off was like, I was like, eh, I like, think I'm not really invested in this anymore. I think people have personal time capsules for it of I'll go back and if I were to watch, you know, um, uh, a Dominion uh, pay-per-view, watch a, a Kenny Omega Okada match, that will mean something to me. Of like, oh, I remember where I was in my life and, and that sort of thing. But I don't think you'll be able to look at a wrestling pay-per-view nowadays and see this is exactly what... Right. What, it's just different what time, What culture was at the time. For sure. Yep. That makes sense, man. It's just like a completely different time and like the way that it is ingrained in the culture is just not... Yeah. It's not as ingratiated and as a totally it was, different like, media landscape. Time. Yeah, it was like absolutely. bottled lightning. Like it was like bottled lightning. For it sure. was. Um, so kind of transitioning into like, like I was mentioning earlier, how the, how that resonates with the contemporaries. What's kind of you guys' experience now, or like interaction with wrestling today? Because as I mentioned earlier, it was like I have not like I'm so out of the loop that you know before we started recording, you guys were like just kind of casually talking about stuff, and I'm like I have no fucking <laughs> idea like what this is so talk about your relationship with wrestling now and like if there's any um we didn't necessarily say we we're going to talk about this but any kind of like music or anything that sticks out with like the way wrestling is hitting now as opposed to you know back in the golden age or whatever for me it's a lot of and i think for all of us yeah. just from the short period we were talking before we started recording um new japan yeah. is is my me personally and actually before i say this Whatever you like as far as wrestling, that's okay. There, after the WCW, WWE thing, there was this big us against them war thing, and that sort of carried over. And if whatever you like, whatever company you like, that's great. Watch wrestling. It doesn't matter what it is. But for me, my favorite is New Japan. Um, I'll watch a little bit of MLW. Mm -hmm. I'm excited for AEW stuff. There's still a long way to go with that. Yes. Um, but I'm, I just, I want more places for people to work. That way it creates competition for people, which people have to try. Yep. And so um, for me, we were just talking about music. I, I made a quick list of just my favorite, speaking of music, of just old themes and new oh, themes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Um, so for me, uh, in no particular order, as far as old themes, the uh, old Four Horsemen theme slash Ric Flair's theme. Everybody knows Ric Flair's theme, but the, the Four Horsemen theme, I love it. Part of these themes are, the reason why I love them is they're so, they so capture the character. And also the other half of it is they're themes that I would think are really cool to walk out to <laughs> myself. You know, if I was You're putting if I yourself was in their shoes. So the Four Horsemen <laughs> slash also the Ric Flair theme. Uh, Chris Jericho's theme yeah. is just awesome. Break the Walls Break Down. The classic walls one, down. right? Yes. That shit is yeah. iconic. His yeah. new one I laugh at all the time because it's his own so song, good. right? Yeah. The Fonzie. Yeah. The which, which plays well, so I think, good. into his heel character. <laughs> like so into himself. Like I, I love modern Chris Jericho. This is the best he's ever he, been, in yeah. my opinion. <laughs> He's so um, funny. It's just like a shitty old man. Yes, yeah. and, and it's perfect. And you want to yeah. see him get beat up, which is exactly what a heel should do. Yeah. Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin, yeah. it's kind of a gold standard for a certain era of wrestling. The Diamond Dallas Page Smells Like Teen Spirit ripoff <laughs> cover that they did in WCW. Yeah. I, it's a complete ripoff of <laughs> Smells Like Teen Spirit, but I love it. But it hits. And then the, um, the NWO Black and White theme song just when uh, when Kevin Durant left OKC, that's what was playing in my head when he decided that he was going to leave. <laughs> Anytime Pat uh, Patrick Beverly was mentioned, uh, I had that in my head. Uh, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, 
this past right. year. I just I hear that. That's like and the go-to. Also, the lesser-known NWO Wolfpack theme. It's a it's really dated nowadays, but I love it. I I love that theme. Um, as far as stuff nowadays, I absolutely adore uh, El Fantasmo's New Japan theme. I think it's awesome. Uh, I'm not big into EDM, but I think as a just a a rat bastard, just chicken shit guy, <laughs> it it works so it works so well for him. Um, the first Shinsuke Nakamura NXT mm. theme um, is just is brilliant. So good. Uh, Minoru Suzuki's theme. Kazeninare. You will get kicked in the chest by Minoru if you do not sing Kazeninare. I didn't know how like many people gravitate because I didn't. I didn't encounter uh, Suzuki, although I love him. He is in the same way that Chris Jericho. Yep. I think he he kind of falls into that category. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like I was watching a uh, not King of Pro Wrestling, but Royal Quest, I think, was, yeah, uh, yeah New Japan's most recent, the, the one they did at the uh, Copper Box in London. Yes. And, like, listening to that crowd sing Suzuki's theme song the entire time. And, like, yeah. him, like, I could tell he was trying very hard not to break it. He was so, I mean, he's the heel, but he was, yeah. like, so happy. Like, these are, man, I guess uh, he's got a fall. I assume he, he, I think he wrestled there for a while, too, in, or in, uh, in the UK, didn't he, when he was... Uh, um. Like a I part of Rev he, Pro or something. I or? know he wrestles there occasionally. He wrestles for Rev Pro. Yeah. Um. I don't know if he did it. I don't, see. I don't know if, how long he did it, but I do know that he's had. Uh. He's wrestled a few Rev Pro British Heavyweight Championship matches and right. stuff. But I guess that was a song that he loved as a kid or something. Yeah. And he decided if I ever become a pro wrestler, I Jesus. want. I want that to be my song. That makes me feel some shit. And okay. now he comes out with, like, you know, the Tokyo Full circle shit gets you, me. You, I think you would, well, I don't know if you. I think you'd love like, it. Well, Suzuki's it. awesome. He's like a huge. He rules. Yeah. He loves One Piece and like. Yeah. Fancy socks. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and he'll, he'll fucking kick your ass. I, I think you would like him. Death. <laughs> um, a newer tune, I really love Shingo Takagi's theme song. Yeah. Uh, it Not has, familiar. It has very sort of 80s Jim Crockett yeah. vibes to it a little bit. Very like Satriani-esque guitar stuff. Mm. Oh, shit. Um, Marty Skrull's theme, I absolutely love, <laughs> but I also love Marty Skrull, so I think it's a little yeah. bit of transference there. And uh, finally, uh, Finn Balor. Yeah, I I yeah. really like Finn Balor's theme when when it can get when the intro can fully play out on mm-hmm. those big on the on the makeup uh, entrances. That's it, true. Yeah, it's kind of like the through line I think of all mm-hmm. these like classic wrestling themes. Like Finn Balor's is the one that just like really epitomizes how a lot of the the classic ideas that make wrestling themes work, and then you see it happen in Finn Balor's. Yeah. Um, in pretty much any setting too, it's like, I, I don't know, there's, there's something about it and it's like hard not to like move to it a little bit. It's heavy and theatrical <laughs> yeah, right. at the same time. That was a, there was two, well, you just, you're, you talking about yours, reminded me of two that I had glazed over. Um, two that always stuck out to me was like Motorhead did a version of the games. <laughs> time to play the, the game. game. Yeah. And, uh, was that Triple H? Yes. Time about the game. And then, uh, yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was the Ace of Spades, but oh I guess it God. wasn't. If only. Uh, and then um, the live performance. The of one that. that made me laugh every time that I heard it was uh, Val Venus. Yeah, like the freaking saxophone. That oh, shit used to crack me. Only up. in the late nineties. That shit killed me. Only in the late nineties will that work of the wrestling Hello, porn star ladies. who seduces <laughs> other wrestlers' managers and gets them to make porn movies with him. It's, it's clutch. It's one of the few things that I think, and this is going to be really inside baseball. It's one of the few things that I think Vince Russo did well. <laughs> um, it put some butts in seats, bro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It really did. Yeah. Selling tickets. Every 18 inches, bro. The fuck? Make, <laughs> you, make you lose your mind. I swear to God. Did bro. he write all the like fake like movie titles? Like I his, would not his be exhibition surprised. films, like the Saving Ryan's Privates? 
was one I remember. Those are iconic. Vince yeah. McMahon wrote that. For Saving sure. Ryan's private, if, that's a McMahon. They didn't, they didn't even ask much, him yeah. to. If he Vince just came to him with them. If yeah. Vince didn't write them and Russo did, I guarantee you they made Vince almost pee. Yeah, he loved it. Because <laughs> there's one thing I've learned about Ryan's Vince McMahon. <laughs> there's one thing I've learned wow. about Vince McMahon. It's he has the... the comedic sensibilities of like a 12 year old it's incredible <laughs> and still does and yes to this like, day to be almost 80 yeah and just get that joy it's just still resonates just though, imagine dude. an 80 year old billionaire just going ha ha farts are funny pal <laughs> it's god if you ever see like behind the mat the the like late 90s kind of like candid documentary about wrestling and there's like a scene where this dude who is like trying to sell his gimmick to uh, Vince McMahon, and he's like, he was like a former football player, and he's like, what can you do? And he's like, well, I can puke on command. And he's like, okay, well, let's see it. And the guy like started to try and puke, and then like Vince McMahon is like, he's gonna, he's gonna puke, he's gonna, pu-. and this guy is like nervous and he can't do it, and he's like, come on, and like you realize that guy's fucking career is over. <laughs> Before it was, it was, it was like, you're not, you're not. Vince McMahon is giving it to you. He's going on full, the spot. Vince, it was yeah. draws. He draws. Oh, that's right. Draws did actually. Yeah, he actually he got a job and then uh, tragically ended up uh, yeah. a paraplegic from Jesus a, from a, uh, a, a puking a move incident. he took a movie took in the ring and yeah. I shouldn't a, joke about that. I'm well, the, sorry. the funny thing is, is he was completely lying. Harold, <laughs> you're fucking horrible. Yeah, he was yeah. completely lying. He d- he told Vince what he thought he'd want to hear of like, oh yeah, I can puke on command. Oh, just some out of the world. Yeah, shit. oh my god. Think, he didn't think That's this great. this CEO of you'd this call him on this bullshit. Yeah, I'm would sick. call his bluff and like, all right, all right, here's my trash can, pal. <laughs> and then he went into Vince McMahon announcer mode, just, oh my god. He, as you as you said, and he. <laughs> And so you've got this guy with cameras on him for this documentary in Vince McMahon's office going, I'm not going to do the noises because I don't want, there's so many people. I don't want people in the, in the audience to be like, Oh no, I got to pull over. Right. (laughs) But he's, he's trying his heart out to to throw up into Vince McMahon's wastebasket. My God. That's too funny. Yeah. What about you guys, man? Like, uh, Alex, what what was something that stuck out to you, especially now? Like just hearing you guys talking earlier about, just the the way landscape or the landscape of wrestling and how it's changed. What kind of sticks out to you like these days? I mean, yeah, I've got a pretty short view of that having started uh, getting into wrestling recently. But, right. <laughs> uh, of course, uh, Bobby Roode's theme, mm-hmm. the Queen ripoff. Look, I know it's a Queen ripoff, but Queen is good. Uh, and if you rip him off, it's going to be pretty good. <laughs> uh, that's why they ripped it off. They yeah, it was good. that's easy. Easy to do. Um, I like Bray Wyatt's old theme. Mm-hmm. That really nice bass line. Yeah, I loved it. Mark Crozer, I think, or something like that. Yeah. It It was great. Um, I really like... Oh, shit. I had a whole list. I didn't write anything down. (laughs) Oh, Samoa Joe's theme Mm -hmm. is perfect. It's just like a bunch... It's, again, just like a real big bass line, but it's real stompy. And he comes out, and he just—it makes him sound big. It sounds like Godzilla's. Coming. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's yeah. like boom, 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 <laughs> boom, boom. Is it just me, or does it have this sort of maybe late '90s rap quality to it? Maybe a little bit. It's with the, the horns. It's the horns, and it's the the specific drums they use are real weird because the the like the attack is long, but the release is short. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I like that one. Uh, Fandango's theme has already been discussed. Big fan of that one. Uh, I like No Way Jose's theme. Oh, it God. takes advantage God. of something uh, that I really liked in pop music from, from about 2015 to 2016, which was when there were all those horns in all the pop mu- songs, like mm-hmm. right when Thrift Shop came out and every song was like, hur, 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 hur. I love that shit. That's fine. Me that was something I did not like. More, <laughs> more songs need to have just honking horns in them. <laughs> I love when a song honks. Like the like shit Jason honks. Derulo. Yeah, I love oh, love that when shit, shit honks. honks. It's a slap yeah, that, that shit honks. honks. Yeah. Uh, it's like Skeeter with nut to it. Goose pop. It honks. It honks. <laughs> yeah, this shit honks. Uh, I like Dusty Rhodes theme. Uh, his. The, the one that starts out kind of gospely, that yeah. America. Okay. Yeah. Dream is just a common man working hard. It's so good, dude. Oh God. It whips. He's like 
truly a working class hero in a way yes. that they're like, Ooh. I love it. Tell you about hard times. <laughs> we'll make you cry, Daddy. You know, pork and beans. <laughs> How about you, Danny? Well, I, uh, of like modern day, well, I don't know. First of all, Kurt Angle's theme. Yes. I think that one. It's called like Winter or something like that? I don't know. It, it's very farty with the, the, the farting trumpets. That, <laughs> like, that shit honks. It honks. Yeah, yeah, it honks at you very, very much. But it uh, also, it's the one that like the crowd interaction like utterly enhanced it. And it fits him in any form. He could be heel. He can be face. He can be conquering hero. He can be um, jackass. And like it. <laughs> fits him like it's a it's a theme that like because you always worry about that when characters change like hogan yep. yeah. when he went nwo he couldn't fucking come out to like real america that would be some crazy shit though it fucked with people <laughs> might have been I, worth I, it i feel to, like he could do it nowadays yeah yeah i'm a real american i'm a bastard <laughs> <laughs> you know it that one would cut very deep but i'd be there for it too but, true to life yeah I mean, that'd be going back into like sort of the irony right really Meta, yeah. So some of the modern one, like so, like Kitamura, the the uh, composer oh. for New Japan. His like, and, and there's some music that doesn't like like some of my favorite wrestlers, like uh, Tomaru Ishii and Kota Bushi. Yeah, I don't really like know like when their music comes on. Unfortunately, it doesn't stick. It's what yeah. I think is the problem with uh, all elite wrestling right now is there's not. You know, the guys who came in with, like, kind of good music, it works. But, like, I feel like they are lacking in their, like, music right now. Like, yeah. I, I do think, like, Kenny Omega. Mm -hmm. Like, his theme that he has currently, the, the like, I, I'm not sure what the right word would be for it. Like, bit chip kind of, like, yeah. mm -hmm. video game. Like, oh, very chip traditional. Chip tune kind of. Yeah, it's kind of like mm -hmm. a chip tune rock anthem. But, like, when he was in New Japan, he had this, like, weird, like, Sephiroth style. Yeah. It, like, it sounded like a final boss from a Final Fantasy. It was wow. awesome. Yeah, and it was really cool. And like I think of like uh Kazuchika Okada's who oh. Kitamura is like, he's like, This is my masterpiece. This is the best yeah. song. Dude, so. Yeah, I mean when Lil Kazu comes out, it just does something to you, man. Right? Yeah. And there's certain like you were saying, there's certain themes where I don't know who's coming out until maybe 45 seconds into the song, and then mm -hmm. I can hear there, there's kind of a hook there. Yeah. Um, like uh, like Ishii. Um, yeah. And, until you hear the dog, the dog right. sounds. Yeah, until, you know you, until you're already getting bit. You yeah, don't. the stone um, pit bull. <laughs> Hiroki Goto's is really bad. Goto, yeah. It doesn't, like, Until do you hear, until you get to a certain part, you're just like, wait. You're like, is who it? is this? Or, or Follies, too. Right. Rapongi yeah. 3K has great music. They do. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of Rocky Romero. Yeah. Naito's uh, music is kind of, it's like. Naito's I almost made Naito. the list. It's like yeah. the, it's like a Smash, like it, it reminds me of like, kind of like Final Destination and Smash mm -hmm. Bros or something mm -hmm. like that. It, it's just like perfect hero music. Right. Yeah. Stardust genius. And I yeah. should say, you can find that was all his, these songs on YouTube. There was this guy's YouTube. old nickname was the Stardust genius. That's awesome. Yeah. Dude, that's yeah. the other shit that I love about. Wrestling like the monikers and shit, or like the oh, yeah. Japanese the wrestling, tags. especially, is it. great with it. The Japanese Ace of really the good. Universe, yeah. uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi is the yeah. There's that's the guy. That Rainmaker, so cool. the Rainmaker, Okada. Kazuchika Okada, um, the Switchblade, uh, Switchblade, Jay White, Damn, Will Man Page, tight. Ariel Assassin, Will Ospreay, mm -hmm. um, the Holy Emperor. Yeah, like the Stone think. Pitbull, Tomohiro Ishii. That is metal as fuck. I feel like I couldn't think of something. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I feel like I the never funky weapon. Thought of anything that cool myself. <laughs> they, they're really good at giving. It's really weird. WWE does a lot of. Um, they're shortening names now. Yeah. So you you used to it used to be Antonio Cesaro, and now you just have Cesaro, or Alexander Rusev, and it's just Rusev. Biggie Whereas, Langston. Yeah. The yeah. one one name. And meanwhile. In Japan, they're giving people <laughs> monikers, so it will be Switchblade, Jay White, the best bout machine, Kenny Omega. Yep. Um, and so it, there's a lot of really interesting divergences between um, just on a production side and also culturally yeah. between Japanese and American stuff. It's pretty interesting to... Um, 
to watch. It's a really fresh thing because they are so different. Yeah, they're they're despite wrestling not being, you, you know, know, shining as bright as 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 it as it once did, the in ring quality is the best. I I do not I cannot think of it a, a better time possibly, yeah. and where there's so much good wrestling happening all simultaneously. It makes like it's weird. It's a weird effect because now you're looking at like the very crazy, like good stuff, like, you know, mm -hmm. Okada versus Omega. Um, and that quadrilogy quad. Yeah. <laughs> Four matches, basically, I guess. <laughs> Quartet. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, three matches. And then a, like two out of three fall. Yeah. They're like dominion match from like 2018 or, yes. or something. Oh, that was like, yeah. it was God. basically like 95 minutes. Yeah. And God per, damn. that whole show for one match. Pretty yes. much. Yeah. It was a favorite. two out of three counts. Yeah. That's, Pretty much one of my favorite pay-per-views of all time. That's insane. Is, God, is that it whole was amazing. show? No, it. Oh. It's just. I mean, I think it might be a cultural thing too. Because like you think about the, I, mean, I think about like the pay-per-view events I watch, and they were like ninety minutes for like every all the matches had to fit in ninety minutes, mm -hmm. and now it's just like one match is like long as hell. Well, and it's man finding that sweet spot because clearly I don't think WWE has continual and, and new Japan is kind of guilty of it too. They have long pay-per-view. I don't watch yeah. new Japan paper, like unless it's like wrestle kingdom. I, I am not going to watch the entirety of a new Japan pay-per-view. I will watch like probably the final four to three matches. Right. I think honestly skip the uh, multi-man yeah, uh, and, tag and, match stuff. And, and that has to exist because that's the reason I think the, you know, for the most part, the the wrestlers in New Japan, that's why they can do what they do yep. repeatedly is because they're not, you know, doing house shows four days out of the week and then fucking TV and all that shit. So it they makes sense. Rest. Yeah, but you still get the fa fans, the crowd still get to see them. They still get to, to cheer. They they still get to see the big moves and everything. Yeah. Right. So I, I, I get that, but like, I remember going to WrestleMania 34 in New Orleans and like- Dude, I was there. Were you? Yeah. Yeah. It, um, I was at home. That's insane. It kind of, I'm, I wish I realized after going, I'm like, I, I, I don't know if I ever want to go to WrestleMania again because like seven <laughs> it's fucked up to go to. hours and it's then they like eight hours because of the way they shoot it. Well, well, including the pre-show, it's literally yeah. eight straight hours of you in a chair, in a stadium all day and in, depending on where it is in humidity and these yeah. things are getting so bloated now. Um, Japan's version of WrestleMania, they actually split into two days. They yeah. split it into two nights. Yeah. yeah. So I, th I think WWE would be wise to do that, but who knows? It's the I'm cost of that. Like you rent out the Superdome or something like twice that. Two How long nights. Yeah. 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 And it, but they're exhausting to watch at home. Well, and it, I can yeah. imagine being there. <laughs> well, being there too, is they, they, they like have such an obsession, like, New Japan, and I can feel AEW is kind of in a confused spot right now, and they're working out the kinks. I'm not, yeah, I'm not here to like just talk shit on them, but they're they're trying to figure things out. And I could tell, like watching All Out, they're like halfway between: do we show a bunch of audience reactions or do we show the yeah. crowd? Because like NXT and New Japan, lights out. Like it, it is only yep. the the ring that's illuminated. When I at WrestleMania, there was just like a bright yellow light that just illuminates the crowd the entire time, and it's the fucking sun. Like it sucks. Yeah, you can't. I was like where we were at. We were like in, I guess, the equivalent of the end zone for the Superdome with the ring on the 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 fifty yard line, and like just this bright, fucking yellow light that it gave me like it, like an hour and a half in, it gave me a headache, and yeah, then Jesus. I was like watching the whole. WWE thing with production. Like, have your sunglasses is, on inside? Yeah, <laughs> their, their production in WWE is so meticulously planned to a T that a lot of their stuff nowadays just comes off as sterile it's so right. clean and just lights put specifically here and there and specific camera shots yep. here and as a as a kid of southern wrestling where <laughs> it was you know it was national guard armories and i was watching something uh, an old mid-south uh thing on the network once and it was the floor was dirt they were in Hell some, yeah. some like ag building in, you know, Waxahachie, Louisiana or whatever. <laughs> and it's just, it's people wanting to literally murder the bad guys. Some grassroots yeah. shit, dude. Yeah. People, there was not a, well, you know, it's staged. There were, there were people who wanted to swing at managers in front of cops knowing that they were going to jail 
but it would be all worth it if I could just get one right across Jim Cornette's jaw. I get it, though. I would fight Jim Cornette, I think. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Yeah. Like, he's a guy with bad enough opinion. Like, I just, I think I'd, I'd like to fight him. I don't want to, but I think that if it came up, I'd be like, okay. I love Jim Cornette as a historian. I think he's very funny when it comes to telling old wrestling stories. And I respect the hell out of the man. Yeah. Yeah. His, his, his stances on modern wrestling are pretty consistent with somebody whose glory days were in the eighties. Yeah. Put it to you that way. It's, it's like somebody nowadays, an adult going, Oh, these kids nowadays. It's, yeah, oh, it's right like, on. where's all the guitar solos is the, you know what I mean? <laughs> he's pretty much the resident. Why isn't that how it used to be? Yeah. And it's making him money, which is why he plays it up. So he's the resident sort of get off my lawn. Right. Of, of modern like Eastwood. wrestling commentators. Right on. Well, fellas, I appreciate you coming and lending your expertise, man. Like I said, it's always like been something that has been like an interest of mine, but I haven't been able to explore it. So I was just like, well, if I can get the right people in to talk about it and be the experts, I can just sit here and have fun and like riff whenever like something I know pops up. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, man, why don't you guys tell people where they can keep up with your projects, follow you on social, all that good stuff. Can we do our plugs in Vince McMahon voices? Yes. I encourage it. Okay. He's going first, though. Who's that? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go, go first. Ahead, Casey's go got ahead, a pretty good go one. Go ahead, go ahead. Goddamn, pal. You want to see me? You can get on Twitter at theawesomerobot.com. It's such good <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, uh, this is, I'm Alex Sanchez. If you want to follow me, you can go on twitter.com slash user slash serious Sanchez. That's where my feed is. It's a great feed. A lot of tweets on there. Uh, my podcast is called the Praise Down. We just released a brand new episode. <laughs> 60 full minutes of entirely scripted material. From Caesar's Palace. From the Florida Dunderdome. <laughs> Now, see, I want to I want to see somebody do like ninety five Vince McMahon. What like, a maneuver! There's yeah, whatever that. Oh yeah. my God! He's <laughs> coming down the <laughs> aisle. The boyhood dream has come true. <laughs> Listen to my podcast, The Praise Down. <laughs> God damn! You can find. Uh, I can't even do it. Okay, hold on. It's a little more in the top of your throat. Sorry. Yeah. You gotta. Meat. 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 I just say say meat a couple times. Meat. I'm about to headlock it out of you. Cinematropolis. Find me editing. All right. Talk about the Cinematropolis like it's a venue. Here we go. (laughs) 20. Hundred. Hundred. <laughs> no, keep going. He's on a roll. He's on a roll. Viewers, do it. Everyday essays about film and media. And... <laughs> <laughs> amazing. That was the one. world literature today. <laughs> now imagine you're staring at Trish Stratus from behind, and your wife is catatonic. <laughs> I love. Wow, <laughs> your Vince McMahon is pure id. It He's is. like chained so up in a basement, and people are coming and feeding him scraps of meat, and he just says, "Oh, wonderful meat! Oh, I got idea for character. Oh, too racist. Can't do anymore." <laughs> And that's how he ended up with Crime Time. Yeah. Saudi Arabia shows. Uh, <laughs> the Oil Rumble. The oil. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> find, Daniel. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, find, find me wherever I just mentioned. World Literature Today is in Metropolis. Uh, yeah. 
love now it. we will be I cutting out the non Vince McMahon part. Is that oh, correct? That's fine. <laughs> I do think I said in. that wrong because I was too deep in my Vince McMahonness. That is at the awesome robot on Twitter. Okay. I think I said at the awesome robot.com. You did There's say no that. such website. I was like, damn, we got a real website. Com. <laughs> There's Vince no McMahon. such website. All right, if we're Shit. doing regular voices, I'm serious. Serious Sanchez. I'm at Serious Sanchez on Twitter. Listen to the praise down on iTunes. Give us a five star review. <laughs> and please watch wrestling. Watch For it. For the love of God, watch it. Do you think they should yeah. watch wrestling? It is all fake, though. I mean, you got Hey, now. Right. Wow. You can't. It's as real as you make it. Yeah, you know you what else is it? fake? Freaking Game of Thrones. People oh, like that. <laughs> you mean. He's got you there. The gateway That's to true. all your dreams, daddy. That's fine. <laughs> Shit. Well, thanks again, fellas. As always, well, you can follow you. us on social media at Stoons Tunes Podcast. T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. At what point does a Vince McMahon impression become a strong, bad impression? <laughs> <laughs> it's a really it's over. Close. I thought you got shit, Dutchie. <laughs> <laughs>